Shit, are we live? Welcome everybody tuning into the Decent People podcast, your new favourite place to find creative conversations, where we lock in with the very best creatives, artists and oddities within the community and give you guys at home the insight you need to know how to get one step ahead in this madhouse we know as the industry. Welcome back, everybody, tuning into episode two of the Decent People podcast. Today's guest is a very, very special one. Just to remind you guys, my name is Marvin Herrera, host of the Decent People podcast. But the most important thing about this is the guest that's on here today. A very, very special friend of mine, a mentor, someone I consider as one of the most talented people in the game. Someone who taught me the whole game of color grading. Um... I don't even know what superlatives I can actually say to express how excited I am today. I guess the only thing I can actually give this person is the intro he deserves. I am so excited to have Wakas, the Kazman Kazi here on the Decent People podcast today. Kazi, how are you doing, my friend? Hi, bro. You're nuts. First of all, (laughs) let's just say Aston Villa. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) we're having a very very amazing january transfer window i'm not sure if you've been keeping up with the transfer window that's currently happening that we're getting so we've got coutinho ex-liverpool baller moved over to barcelona signed for aston villa i think he's on loan um, with the option to buy and then we've got luca dina from everton so steven gerrard still giving it to the everton fans as a liverpool legend so you know life is good Dude, There's a couple of other people. I, I saw a game with Coutinho and I was like super stoked. And my brother messaged me and he's like, did you see Coutinho? I was like, with Aston Villa? And I'm like, yep. Like, I just saw the game. That's amazing. Um, I'm super stoked, bro. Um, I'm super happy um, to be on. I just feel like there's so much that we need to talk about. And we always say, of like, course. you and I always talk about it. Like, we're, we got to do a show together. We got to do something together that <laughs> life gets in the way. And, and anybody that's listening, like, we did try that. Like, we wanted to do, like, a, a, a show where we are kind of reacting to trailers and commercials and just talking about color um, behind all things uh, filmmaking. Uh, we tried it, but then literally just life got in the way. So it's not, it's it's sort of like on a back burner, but it's not like a done deal. We might still get back to it and try it. But yeah, man, um, super stoked. And it genuinely makes me very happy to even hear things like, you know, what you just said that, you know, I, I impacted your life even a tiny bit is is huge for me like it's something that I thrive for it's something that was given to me by my mentors and I cherish it a lot and I pray for them you know uh, I'm, I'm not a crazy religious man but I do you know make at least one prayer a day and when I do that I pray for those people that help me selflessly and uh, they inspire me all day every day and I just think that if I can do an ounce of like what those generous people have done for me um, I'll feel really good about myself well, the first thing that I need to say back to that is thank you so much for gracing me to actually have you as a guest on this podcast in such early days. And I mean, it's a beautiful thing that your reaction to um, your mentors is what it is, because since then, it's incredible how many people you have actually helped and benefited and influenced and how many careers you've actually kick-started within itself. And 
this conversation was super important for me to have for people to actually realize how much of an impact you've had on the community itself so it's definitely definitely a pleasure on my behalf to have you here and just speaking with me but there are so many questions I have in this notepad that I want to be asking you I know we're kind of short for time today so I'm going to try keep it as concise as possible and hopefully there's so much noise that we have an second version of this conversation or a second episode of this conversation and notes taken on board we will definitely record video for it as well to enhance the experience for it Love it, brother. So, you know, i really want to start off with a, the basic question you know the who are you what your beginning was what it is that you do just for the new listeners that might not actually know who you are and i just wanted to get to know you as a person okay so i'm, I'm gonna start like it, it might be a little unrelated but let's just go back to you know going to college um you know went to college back in 2007 for, um, actually even before that, I went to college for IT. Um, wanted to do something in IT, always loved computers, um, and um, it was network engineering and then minor in uh, small business. So, you know, pretty good path, like eventually can start my own business, all that. So was loving it um, up until like, you know, second year in, um, third semester and um, you know I'm taking my second networking class and I'm just like I'm not really feeling it like something is just not clicking uh, I talked to my older mm -hmm. brother and I'm like I don't know bro like I'm doing this this is amazing it's it just not clicking and he's like what do you mean he's like what would you rather do and I'm like dude I don't know when I was a kid like I would just pick up this webcam and like, you know, like literally webcam with a wire and it shoots like super bad, like 240, you know, P, uh, <laughs> like 12, 12 frames per second video. And I'm like, even then I would just like grab that camera and we would film like, you know, we would have a little thing and my AC, you know, would be holding a whole freaking computer and walking with me. That was my AC's job, not pulling focus because, you know, the chip is so small on the webcam, everything is in focus. You know, so, so we would we would do that and I would tell and then I would cut those movies and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, PC has Movie Maker. Um, I think that's yeah. what it's called. So I would cut the Windows Movie Maker, right? Windows Movie Maker. So I would cut the videos in there, um, and we would sit as a family to have the have the screenings, you know, like at dinner or whatever. And we would just like sit down, like with parents. And my parents have always been like, "Whoa, this is the best thing we've ever seen!" Like, you know, <laughs> and and they do it genuinely. You know, these guys were like so good at faking it. Like it's it's just amazing. You know, they would just always give you the right affirmation that you just look into their eyes and you go. Are you for real? Like really? And they they make you believe that yes, and you just go, dude, I can do anything, man. I'm good at this, you know. So it it's um. So I told my brother, I'm like, I don't know, bro. Like I, I'm I want to do something like that, and he's like, then you need to do it right now. He's like, you can't get you can't get a degree in IT, start making nice money, and then thinking to go back. He's like, nobody's ever done that. That's just not gonna happen. It's gonna be too late. You're gonna get comfortable with getting a decent check, a nice car, a nice house, and he's like, you're never going back. So he's like, so you know, I have to give credit where the credit is due, and I think my brother, my older brother, time and again in my life, has dropped like knowledge bombs that like really, really, uh, carve the path to where I am today. So I, I took 
his thing, you know, thing to heart. I spoke to my parents. It was the, you know, hardest conversation ever. Uh, you know, we're, we're immigrants, right? We came from a different country. So there is added pressure of just like, uh, that we, we gave everything up for you guys. And now you're going to do this. Are you sure? And then you just kind of go, yes. Like, <laughs> you know, you're just like, I don't know. We're going to yeah. figure it out. But as a kid, it's a lot of pressure to, to live under the, I don't want to get, I don't want to become that casualty told you so, you know, I don't want that thing to happen down the line. So there was a lot of pressure of that. And you know how our industry is. It's not easy, man. It's just not easy. And there is no uh, one path that you can take. So then um, I graduated. I went to school for film. Uh, it was a, ge a general program, digital filmmaking. So I think that was a good thing. Um, now, when I think about it, I think that was a blessing because somebody who's just really naive and didn't know much about different aspects of filmmaking. Um, I didn't know mm -hmm. the difference between Martin Scorsese and somebody who's operating the camera. I just knew who Martin Scorsese was and what the director was, but I just didn't know, like, what's the difference about, like, him and then other people? I just know that his sure. name is on the movie, so, you know, whatever. So He must be important. <laughs> he must be He must be doing all of it. Like, he's the creator, blah, blah, blah. But then you learn that, no, that's not even true. Story could be from somebody mm -hmm. else. He's just directing it. So I think a digital filmmaking program was amazing for me. And um, it just kind of taught, taught me all aspects. And then midway through is when I started to get serious about cinematography and editing. Um, and then I'm just like, dude, I'm hooked on these two. Um, I came to California in 20, uh, two, uh, 2010, uh, February of 2010, moved out here, didn't know anybody, um, uh, slept on a couch uh, at my uncle's for about a month. Um, and, um, you know, was just applying everywhere on Craigslist. Um, you know, Craigslist is just a website like where you go and see like if somebody is looking for a little audio cleanup or this and that and you just going to jump on anything and everything. Uh, so, you know, I was hustling like that was the mindset. Like I never thought about like, oh, I'm going to get a full time job and settle in and this is what it's going to be. I was also naive enough to like walk into Columbia Pictures, like, you know, Sony Pictures in Culver City, um, at, you know, um, Southern California and I just walked in there with a resume all dressed up with a tie and I walk up to like the front desk and they were like yeah how can we help you and I'm like well you know here to speak with somebody about any job openings <laughs> dude it's so bad I gotta stop telling that story but but that is the truth you know that that's the that's the beginning and the beginnings if the beginnings are not humble i feel like then they're not fun then there's no character to the beginning you know you're just like oh you started just hitting home runs like what's the, what what's what's the fun in that so this is what happened and um instead of getting a job at uh, you know sony pictures and you know the guys were just uh, laughing not at me but they were just like literally like the guy put his arm around me and he's like brother like are you new in the you know in SoCal and I'm like yep <laughs> he's like homie that's not how it works you know like you just have to go through proper channels like do you know anybody and I'm like well that's that's a weird question like how am I supposed to know someone when I'm here to get a job like this is how I'm going to know someone you know um but anyways, from there, um, did a lot of like just boring jobs, but I never considered, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just calling them boring, which I shouldn't even be calling them boring because I think the message that we want to get out is at the time that I was doing them, in my mindset, uh, they were the best opportunities in the moment. And I just feel like- 100%. I truly feel like people need to 
need to look at every opportunity that they get as a blessing. Because uh, here's the thing, right? Because I get to be exposed to so many people. Um, you know, even somebody that has never done anything and they're just starting out, they are they're so entitled and I don't say it in a cliche way. This is the term that's being thrown out, you know, thrown around like all day, every day, but I'm saying it in a way that these guys just like hit me up and they go, took your course, you know, um, and I've been grading for a month now. Uh, what's going on? Like, why am I not getting work? And it just baffles my mind to, you know, go, but do you know how many years I shot weddings? I mean, I went to school to be a cinematographer. I wanted to be Roger Roger Deakins, and then eventually I got into, um, you know, color grading. But every wedding that I shot, I shot it from that perspective that I am Roger Deakins. I never shot the wedding thinking, man, like this is just this is so below me. Like, what am I doing? Like, you know, why am I even doing this? Because most of the people that have that attitude that's going to trickle into everything in your life. And people on the other end are so smart that if somebody doesn't know you, they can still pick up on your energy, right? If I've never met you, this is the first time I'm seeing you, whether over the phone or whatever, in person, I'm gonna pick up on your energy. And if your energy is gonna have that flaw, where you're gonna have, like you're gonna have that jaded sense or something like where I'm owed this and I don't have it, I need to get it and you're going to give it to me. Nobody wants you around. It's not going to work. So all the weddings that I've shot, all the tapes that I digitized and got paid 200 a week and just the gas going back and forth was so expensive at the time and that didn't leave me with any money for rent. All those things, I took so much pride in it that I always found ways to do it so much better and get efficient at it and keep progressing. And I feel like once that element starts embedding in your DNA, that's what makes you as a as a successful human being overall down the line. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm successful or anything. I'm just saying like those are the little elements that get you where you are as a human. Because these are the same quality that I try to implement with my wife, with my son, uh, with my parents, you know, my brothers, with my family, right? Yeah, and th this is this is why this conversation is so important, right? Because nine times out of ten, when we do live in a world heavily influenced by social media, the thing that the viewer is kind of picking up upon is the end product or what you choose to show them. So they kind of miss the story or the little nuances or the circumstances that have developed this journey from point A to point B, C, D, however long you, uh, however far across you are into your journey. And this is why I really wanted to speak less about the technicalities of what it is that you do and speak about the actual beginnings. So people could kind of understand that this person inspires me, whether it's Roger Deakins, whether it's Martin Scorsese, as you said, whether it's Steven Spielberg, whether it's Jill Bogdanovich, whether it's the Kazman. And we all essentially started from some humble beginnings. It wasn't just I hit the foot on the gas pedal and everything kind of fell into my lap. There was a lot of dues that needed to be paid. There was a lot of manifestation and a law of attraction that had to be implemented before we even kind of knew about those strategies and processes. So it's never really straightforward. But what you tend to see on social media can kind of um, change the perception of what you believe to be reality in, in this industry. And I know you kind of touched on this point um, whilst you were kind of explaining your beginnings, but for 
the people kind of listening in, I wanted to know during the beginnings, did you kind of experience a more positive start or were there more difficulties in the early stages of your story? And when did you ultimately decide to branch away and create your own path um, from the nine to five world and from the employers and decide, right, I'm going to do this by myself. I can do this on my own. So in the beginning, yes, it was, um, two, um, I would say it was about eight or six months of like, um, just deep waters, like, you know, ups and downs, like crazy stuff. Like, you know, it was, it was kind of all over the place. I was just, like I said, trying to survive, taking on whatever jobs. And, um, it was very hodgepodge, um, eight months down the road. Um, we were given an opportunity. I was asked to work um, as a full-time employee and uh, work with a motorsports company, go, go around the country, shoot all their events, put out, put out like little documentaries, which was very exciting to me because I grew up watching F1. So for me, I'm like, that's really dope. Like, that's really cool to just go around, shoot these little, you know, be in the pit. You know, the cars are coming in and like all this action is happening. And you're, you know, I came up with the idea to put GoPros on every uh, a pit crew member so when the car comes oh, wow. in like i mean you just get like this wheel coming out and the next tire going in you get like this pov and it was insane <laughs> like it was it made it like to the news and like it, it was just all over the car stuff like where they were just like yes like you know we're just immersed like we're in there and uh, they used my edit and i was like super stoked about it but so you know going back to that whole idea of like it was an entry-level position, predator, like, you know, you're the producer, you're the editor, you're shooting it, you know, you're doing it all, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just, I thought that that, I hit a jackpot. That was the best thing ever. Now, mind you, um, I was given the worst deal because I wanted to, it, it was publicized for like one amount, right? Like, you're going to get this much money. Then I went there and they lowballed me to like 35%. Uh, and they hired me 30%, 35% less than what they had, uh, you know, posted just because I was like so excited and I was like a fresh out of college, had that attitude and they picked up on it. So then they used it as a leverage and uh, they started me like 35% lower than they what they were offering me. And what they were offering me was already an entry level number, you know, so um, it is what it is. I didn't even look at it as an L. I still looked at it as a blessing because at the time it was hard to even like make 150, 200 bucks a week. So I'm like, mm -hmm. holy hell, like I'm going to have this job. And like, you know, it's just... It was so funny because I got that job and the number that I was making was like nothing. And I came home and I told my wife and I'm like, you know, this is what I'm going to be making. And she's like, oh, my God. At the time, my girlfriend, she's like, oh, my God, that's crazy. And I'm like, I'm going to take you shopping every week. You buy whatever the hell you want. And like, you know, it's going to be insane. <laughs> and then I get my first check. And after they took out my insurance and my my taxes, I'm looking at it, I'm like, hold on. I mean we barely are going to pay our rent. <laughs> like, what just happened? I never thought about the tax, man. I'm like, dude, like, what is this, you know? So did that for two and a half years, two years? Bro, listen to this. Um, my travel uh, to and from work was 180 miles every day. And 180 miles, it was 90 miles each way. Is that math? 90, 90, 180. It was 180 miles uh, both ways. And it was 
traffic hour, like every time I went there, you've heard about probably LA traffic or go Google LA traffic and just like see the horror stories about like how terrible it is. So it would take me about two and a half to three hours each way, uh, uh, plus Fuck. my plus my work, and and I would be at work for like minimum 10 to 10 to 11 hours just because I was like swimming in it right like I mean because everything was given there like if I asked my manager I need resolve eight at the time there was DaVinci resolve eight he would go I'll get you to you know resolve eight if that's what you need so like there were these things that I couldn't have afforded on my own that I was given so I was sort of like a freaking scientist in a lab and I didn't own the lab. I was just given everything, all the tools that I needed. So I'm like, dude, I'm immer- like, I'm in it. I'm doing this, you know? So I didn't even think about the six hour, you know, five hour commute every day. And I did that for close to a year. And then we moved closer. So I'm just trying to say like, you know, how difficult it was, but never felt difficult. And then during my drives, I would listen to audiobooks. So I was finishing, I was listening to it at 1.7x or whatever. So I was like literally finishing an audiobook each way or like, you know, once a day. So I, I took the lemons and, you know, made a lemonade out of it. And I think that's a message hopefully somebody takes out of this that, you know, you can always look at your worst, your your curse and like, uh, you know, slow yourself down and go, how can I flip it right now? Is there a way to flip it right now? And what are those options? And you'll be surprised sometimes to how, uh, you know, a curse is going to turn into a blessing like really quick. Um, so work there. Um, and not to mention, like, you know, the travel was about 60 percent because we're going around the country shooting all these events. And again, I flipped it to my positive because I got to see 35 states in the United States of America. So, like, even my wife haven't, you know, haven't done that. And she's born and raised here. Um, you know, I. I came here when I was 17. So what I'm saying is like, I got to see more of the country than like most people that lived here. So, you know, I looked at it again as a blessing. I'm like, man, that's kind of cool. I feel like, you know, I feel like freaking Tyler Durden from Fight Club, right? Like, I mean, you know, he puts his head down and he wakes up and he's in a different city. So I'm like, that's kind of cool, you know? (laughs) Somebody asked me, where were you last weekend? And I'm like, "Uh, Sebring, Florida? Was it Atlanta? I don't know. I was somewhere, you know? Just wherever you ended up. I think it's important for the viewers to kind of understand that the energy that you have is unrivaled, even to this date and this point of your journey so far, right? But to to hear it stemming back all the way to point one just really shows that what what it actually says on your t-shirt is true in terms of you epitomize the the quote of work hard get obsessed and get possessed and i think the difference is once you do get obsessed it's important to stay stay possessed within that realm and that's why i say the energy that you have is unrivaled because it takes a lot of strength perseverance courage determination to continue on that path because it's it's never really straightforward and i'm sure you had some days where you were in your car and you were like fuck this traffic just is never gonna end what time is it what time am i gonna am i gonna get home and probably days where you weren't eating um when you got home or in the morning for breakfast it was i just got to hit the road i've got to get out there and i've got to get onto the job because i've been hired for this position and that's that's what makes our bricks people within this industry is how long can you stay possessed for what it is that you love until the universe starts giving you back what it is that you're putting in so for anyone listening out there 
to the uh, episode two, it's important to remember these factors that it's never really a straightforward journey. You'll always kind of bump into some LA traffic. Oh, 1000% bro. And I just couldn't agree more. I mean, there, there were so many of those moments, you know, there was a moment in my life in 2015, uh, when I believe I just got to a point where, uh, so I started, I had a full-time job, uh, the end of 2010 to, um, the end of 2012. So I had it for two years and like September of 2012 is when I went freelance. And, um, at that point, uh, the freelancing started. And that's another thing that I want to share with people that, you know, don't, don't quit your full-time job, you know, don't basically kill your, you know, golden goose and then go for the, uh, now I'm going to start the side hustle. You don't start the side hustle, you are side hustling when you have a full-time job. So when I had my full-time job, um, and after I told you my schedule, like, you know, I'm like driving for like five to six hours and then I'm working uh, for a ridiculous amount of hours. On top of that, on the weekends, I was shooting weddings, okay? So on the weekends, I'm shooting weddings um, and I'm building connections there. Um, during my two years of working that full-time job, I end up buying a Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera. I'm talking about the first one, the 2.5K that looked all funny. So I got the pocket, yeah, the you know, square. the first pocket camera, right? Like I got, I get that and I'm shooting a wedding with it and it just creates a buzz. Like there's all these people that are approaching me. And and by the way, these weddings that I was shooting were A and Zane. We were shooting weddings of like some major celebrities in Beverly Hills where I'm seeing freaking, you know, uh, what's his name? I'm thinking of some like um, Andrew, um, What's his last name? The guy from The Walking Dead. Um, so uh, you know what, who I'm talking about, right? Like the main character, yeah, yeah, Andrew yeah. something. So he was there. And like, um, then I saw John Legend, you know, the guy who's, you know, like the musician John Legend at a wedding singing songs at the wedding. That's crazy. And, and the girl was calling him Uncle John. And I'm like, who the <laughs> fuck are these people? Who am I around right now? What is happening here? You know, so it it, it was kind of cool. And um, I'm shooting with my with my pocket camera, and this guy approaches me, and uh, you know, he, he looks like you know he's he's a producer or something, and he goes. Hey, um, I shoot a lot of stock footage. Like I, I have a company that shoots stock footage for all these big websites that you can think of. Um, I want you to come do some uh, work for me. And I'm like, all right. And he's like, um, I'll hit you up. And um, we're, we're going to shoot some stuff at LAX. And uh, if you're down, uh, let's give it a try. And I'm like, absolutely. So I go do this thing for him, right? And it, it's an hour long thing. We're setting up a camera, getting these planes like, you know, landing and we're like punched in like 400 uh, millimeter, like 200 millimeter with the, with the magnifier. So I'm 400 millimeter and we're getting this crazy, like, you know, you get the, the LA heat, right? When you're punched yeah. in that, that much. So you're getting like that in the, in the air, in the, in the atmosphere and you're capturing that in, in the frame. And then the planes are landing and it's just like this golden sunset. It's beautiful. We're getting these shots. In one hour, I made 300 bucks or something, 250 bucks or something. And that kind of blew my mind. That kind of opened me up to like, whoa, what just happened? Like, this could be a thing. Like at my work, I'm making like, I don't even know. At the time I was making like 27 bucks an hour, like for the full-time position. And I'm like, I just made 250 bucks in one hour and I had a blast. This was amazing. So that was sort of like a thing where I just went, okay. Like, I need to do more of this. So then I leave, and four days later, I hit him up again, you know? And uh, he goes, 
yeah, why don't you come over next Friday and we're going to do something? And, you know, then I just got in the habit of like, I'm like the one, two, three clients that I have. I set a reminder for myself. I'm like, hey, Siri, remind me or at the time, Siri or whatever. And I'm just like, remind me on Thursday to hit up Mike, Jake and da da da. So like then on Thursday, I would write them personal messages and be like, hey, guys, do you guys need anything? Like, what can I do? What, what can I do for you? And almost always they're going to go, hey, Kazi, thank God, man, you hit me up. Like, uh, I have this edit. I got to put together this highlight reel for a wedding video. Uh, can you do this? And I'm like, I'm your man. And then the guy goes, hey, I got the stock footage. Like, you want to throw like just a Rec 709, just a base grade. Don't color it. Like, you know, just give me like a, you know, base Rec 709. I'm like, I'm your man. You know, so like that's like the the beginning of like a night crawler, right? Like, think of me of that guy who's just like, you know, dude, I'm going to do anything for you. Like, you know, I'm just going to be like your shadow. And as soon as that started happening, I had about three clients. And that's when I decided, um, you know, to to stop working as a full-time employee because I'm like, not because I'm too good for it. I've learned a lot from it, but I'm like, there's a lot of possibilities here and it can get me where I need to go faster. It's not going to be easier because it's a lot of me maneuvering, like making these moves, just like, you know, you're stuck in a bad traffic, but then you're, you're fast and you're quick and you're seeing seven rows ahead and you're like, ah, if I go from here, 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 I can still beat the traffic. And you're doing it at all times. You're just like firing on all cylinders all the time. And eventually what happens is that this becomes your norm. I, you know, just like we go to the gym and we work out, we have to break our muscles to build new muscles. And that's how we beef up. I feel like brain is no different. Like you just have to work it, work it, work it, work it, work it, where you're just like, dude, I can see the fumes coming out of my freaking, you know, brain right now, but it's all positive. Like I'm, I'm like loving it, but holy shit, that's too much. I feel like then when you wake up the next day, that is sort of like your norm. So then you build one step, one break on top of that. You know, and that's why I tell people, I'm like, a lot of people nowadays are getting into the whole, like, you know, slow it down, take it easy, chill. There's a difference between slowing it down and following your passion like your life depends on it. So slow it down. Yes, if you're going to be like this and you're like Instagram, I'm done. I'm going to TikTok. I'm done. I'm going to YouTube. Like, yes, then slow the fuck down. That's not what we're talking about. But what we're talking about is like if your passion is that I want my fucking wife to think I'm a goddamn Superman. And then your passion is that I want the world to get inspired by what I'm doing and I want to change their lives, then that's your passion. And if you think that I want to be the best son to my parents, then you freaking dive deep and become that person. So what I'm saying is like, get passionate, get hooked on those things, become a freaking junkie to be a better human than like saying, I just want to slow it down, man. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm gonna do me first and I'm gonna take it easy because I just feel like, I don't know, I haven't seen a lot of positive come out of it. I see a lot of people disappear. I've seen a lot of people disappear that just go in that journey to find themselves. I've never seen those fuckers come back. I'm like, I don't know what happened, but good for you. you know? <laughs> of course, 100%. And I think with that being said, right, it's how bad do you actually want the life that you dream of? And there's a difference between having dreams and goals, because if you can dream something in your head, you can definitely manifest it in reality as well. And it's about how far are you willing to go to actually make that happen. And nine times out of 10, the average Joe is not going to put in enough work to actually get to that point. And that's when that person starts feeling a little bit 
unfulfilled and they're like, well, I used, I used to be this guy. It's like the footballer that got the knee injury, right? It's like, yeah, I was the footballer and and then I, I, I hurt my leg and I think... Wait, are we talking about Neymar? Enough, <laughs> the dude plays one game and makes fucking five hundred million dollars a year. <laughs> I'm sorry, so guys. I don't really, I don't want to brush over any crucial talking points because there's so much stuff that I actually want to talk about, and we've kind of learned the history of how you how you got started in the industry and what um, part of the industry you were in for a very long time, but. The people listening in who are familiar with you will know you as as a colorist more so than as a cinematographer or a videographer or someone that works the camera. So when did you kind of had that have that um, red pill blue pill moment where you were like, right, I'm gonna become a colorist and turn it into what it is today? That's amazing. That's a good question. And those turning moments are like very important in everybody's life. Uh, first of all, I want to go back and I want to say. It wasn't Aston Villa. He's playing for West Ham right now, right? Coutinho. Who's this? Coutinho. Coutinho. No, he he's playing for Aston Villa. <laughs> so now he is, or he for like did he come from West West Ham, or is he has he been playing for Aston Villa for the last couple of months? No, so he has just been brought in this month, right? Um, because of the transfer window, and he's coming from Barcelona. Okay, so before so Barcelona, he was at Bayern Munich. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I'm looking at the message because my brother and I are going back and forth, and he's like, Coutinho is with West Ham now. And I'm like, what? Uh, Aston Villa. Because I'm just like, am I tripping? I'm like, it was Aston Villa, right? Okay. Um, it's very similar colors. And, yeah, <laughs> and and I'm supposed to know all my colors, so there's that. <laughs> we all can work on like what we're good at, huh? Um, so, okay, so yes. Uh, first, I want to say this, all right? Like, this is very, very important um, to to make those decisions. They're never easy um, because most of us as filmmakers, um, we want to take ownership of a lot of it, right? Because um, our field is very different than somebody who's an accountant or whatnot, like where they just kind of go shrug their shoulders and they're like, this is not my gig. Go talk to someone else. That's not my thing. Whereas us filmmakers, we go, oh, man, I can also do the graphics. You know, I have an idea. I want to do like, you know, a certain graphics like that movie. So I'm going to go on YouTube, learn how to do it really fast, go in After Effects. And I use After Effects a little bit. We want to go above and beyond. Right. And we want to do yeah. and take ownership of all of it, which makes it really difficult um, to get to a point in life where you go, I don't want to do this. This needs to be my field. It was very true in my situation and very, very hard because I started grading not professionally in 2010. 2010 is when I started working for that company, got a DaVinci Resolve 8. Um, I'm already using Apple Color uh, in the past since 20, 2008 or 2009. So I was using color Apple Color for about a year. 2010, I moved to DaVinci Resolve. It opened my eyes. I'm like, holy hell, like that's a whole another level. And I started messing with it. And uh, I'm getting paid at the time as, a, as an editor and a cinematographer. Um, so... That those were my gigs, and I'm building my my website had my work as you know a, a predator, right? Like so, I'm a producer, I'm an editor, I you know I'm a videographer, I shoot, and like so, all the videos that you see under roles, it says uh, cinematographer, editor, uh, most of the time, and then 
I got to a point where, uh, like, I mean, there was a dry spell. I'm not getting any work. And I'm talking to one of my dudes, and now I consider him my mentors. But at the time, you know, Mike was just like a, a friend who's achieved much more than me at the time. And he was much older than me. He, he, he's got 25 years on me. But I always looked at him as like, no, this is the dude, you know, to model after. He's got it figured out. So... I reached out to him and I'm like, Mike, what's going on? Like, um, I don't know, man. I'm like, I just, I'm finding it hard to to get cool gigs. You know, I don't know what's going on. He's like, let me go on your website. He goes on my website. He checks it out. He's like, what do you do? I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? What do I do? Like, I mean, that's that's everything that I do. And he's like, no, I am looking for a cinematographer. I'm not hiring you. I'm looking for an editor. I'm not hiring you. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? He's like, because when I look at, and I'm talking about back in 2014, 2000, 2013, 2014, around that time. Okay. Back then, specialty was the hottest thing. Like back then, the jack of all trades was considered like, you know, you're a junior at everything. You're a master of none. Yeah. And some people still hold it pretty close to their chest. But I think 2022, the world is changing a little bit. Uh, even big companies expect you to. I mean, I just did a gig for Amazon Prime, you know, the, the Kanye uh, concert. And even like working on that gig, I was told. That was crazy. Isn't that insane, bro? I like that. That, that is fucking amazing. I, I, I don't mean to kind of cut you off whilst you're kind of going through this. But the fact that we've just got onto the Kanye featuring Drake or Drake featuring Kanye concert and you are the man that graded that special that is fucking incredible because I'm I, I was I was on Instagram trying to go through credits and being like who who the fuck shot this okay cool here's some credits now who color graded this and then I looked at it and I was like fucking hell Kazi graded this yeah and yeah. I was like it it blew my mind 100%. Bro, it was like so amazing, right? But even these guys were just like, hey, can you also, um, you know, put it together? Can you also export it? And can you also do these four other things? So what I'm trying to get at is that nowadays it's actually looked at as a strength to, to do multiple things, not one thing. Okay. But that said, right? So what my, my mentor told me at the time, he was the one with the blue pill or the red, you know, red pill, like that question. He's like, today you're going to pick. Do you want to be an editor or a cinematographer? And I'm like sweating, you know, like I'm in a in my balcony. <laughs> I'm in my balcony with the freaking wife beater on, right? Like I'm just like on the phone. Like I'm just standing there. I'm like, I'm like, damn. I'm like, dude, that's a tough question. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, uh, cinematographer. No, an editor. Uh, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Um, you know, a director. And he's like, stop it. You've never directed shit. So he's like, you're not a director. I'm like, all right, all right. I'm like, you know, so what do I want to be? So then I decide I'm like an editor. I'm like, if you really just ask me truly, like, hey, between the two, I will say editing. He's like, then I need you to go online and delete every single project that you're selling as a cinematographer. And that was very tough for me. That was like, those were the projects I took so much pride in. I'm talking about capturing those sunrises at like 5 a.m., you know, when the mosquitoes are biting you and like, you know, you're, you're standing on top of a snake pit. I don't know if you've ever stood on top of a snake pit. There's so many holes that <laughs> barely, like, I mean, you're just going to get like devoured, you know, by these things. And you're just standing there going like, I'm, I'm going to take my chances because this shot is just money, you know? And um, <laughs> so I've done all those things for those shots. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I'm going to give that up. Um, 
I'm going to do it. So that's when I decided to be an editor. And then about two years in, you know, a year to two years in is when I went hard between then editing and color grading, right? So we're talking like 2013 is when I'm like going, I'm going to edit and I'm going to grade. And then like a couple of years down the road, I had another person who I don't consider as a mentor, but as a friend that told me, he's like, dude, Kazi, he's like, when I just think of you, you're a freaking colorist, man. He's like, I've been in sessions and he was a creative director. And he's like, I've been in sessions with like big grading firms, like big grading companies. He's like, I'm not going to drop any names. And he's like, the way you handle the panel and audience and everything, like he's like people in the room. He's like, dude, you're a freaking, you're a born colorist. You should just like sell yourself as a colorist. He's like, you're going to make so much money. And I'm like, dude, like I already made that decision once where am I going to be a cinematographer or editor? I'm like, don't take, don't put me in that situation again. I don't want to give up editing, you know? So, so, you know, I know uh, one of the questions that we talked about beforehand was like the post village, the birth of post village. So I feel like we should just like sure. transition into that now. That's cool. With Let's you. do it. Um, so what I do want to say is just before you actually start on the post village, right, we've, we've talked very briefly about some of the amazing clients that you have worked with, including Kanye, Drake, Amazon. But what people might not know is that you've actually worked with clients such as Nissan with the Titan campaign, the Turtle Beach, better known for their presence within the, the gaming community, Vizio, Honda, Toyota, PG, Srixen, and I mean, the list goes on. So this next section for how the post village actually came around is very crucial. Yeah. So, I mean, the post village was like that point um, where I'm going, I work with all these, I'm working with really nice brands as just an independent contractor. Um, I know for a fact that when I try to hire somebody to work for me, whether an editor or whatever, sometimes like, you know, I have to bring on other people because I just can't do it all. And I'm just like, it was always a, peace of mind to go with a company than a person because you just feel like you know you're more protected you know if something goes wrong and you're not happy they'll cover you they'll reimburse you all those things and i'm like i need to have i need to build a company i need to have a, a place where employee like i can add a team i can build this entire thing and i started the post village in 2016 2017 and um um, it was wonderful. Like I, I'm already, I have an executive producer that's getting me all the gigs and it's like, you know, we have a whole system, right? Like the gigs are coming in and then I have some editors that I shoot the work to. And it was really cool. I had uh, a colorist that I hired from Russia that was bang on. Like he was pretty good. And, you know, when you take USD to like the Russian currency, it's like nothing. So for $200, he was getting me work. Then, then I was charging 2,500 bucks for I'm paying them 200. I'm pocketing, you know, like, you know, what did I say? 2,500. Yeah. So I'm pocketing 2,300 bucks for just like chilling with my family. And I was just like, it, I was banking. Right. And I'm like, dude, it's like some Wolf of Wall Street shit. Like now we're talking, you know, like now something is happening. So it was really, really good. Um, then when I started um, my personal brand, when I started getting into the Cosman, uh, very early on, what I realized is that um, having the Post Village was great. It was amazing. But I realized that the client, it didn't matter to the client if it was the company or if it was the person. If anything, they cared and 
had a much better relationship with the human being, the cosman, you know, the the brand, the personal brand than the company brand. So that's when I kind of let my foot off the gas. And that's one of the things that I also want to share with a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people start getting into, um, I'm going to do something seriously and they go, uh, what's going to be my company name and blah, blah, blah. And I'm here to tell you that before you work on your company, work on your personal brand. And I can give you some examples, right? Like Stefan from, um, you know, the guy who graded um, uh, the movie 300, Transformers. He's also the freaking founder of uh, Company 3. So he started Company 3. This dude was a goddamn ultimate practitioner. He was the shit when you thought about color, like color grading and colorists. So he was a personal brand among his, like, you know, industry before he became the company three face, you know? So what I'm saying is like, a lot of people put the card before the horse. It's just like, it's going to be like this big company. Like, I'm going to build the hype and there's going to be drum rolls and people are going to be like, what is this? We need to know about this. Like, the whole world is waiting. And, you know, like the election campaign is on pause because some average Joe is going to just introduce his freaking company. And then he comes out with this company and his mom doesn't even care about it. You know, like nobody cares, (laughs) you know, and you're just like, wait, what just happened? Like. Wait, what? Like, I thought there's going to be people lying around the corner, like bigger than the iPhone event. Like, what is happening? Nobody cares. And the simple answer that's going to break your heart. Nobody gives a shit. Right. So like at the end of the day, build your personal brand so you have that relationship. Now it's very easy for me to go and build, uh, you know, I don't know, like now I'm calling my new company Kazi and Co. So it's Kazi and Company because if eventually I'm going to have colorist or something like that, like, you know, in my firm, like it's a lot easy to, to people to know, wait, if I just call it some random name, they're going to be like, what the hell is that? But if it's Kazi and Co, they can put two and two together. All right? We know freaking Kazi. This is Kazi and Co. Is this Kazi's company? And then you go uh, under about us and you know exactly it's Kazi's company. You're like, all right. So simplify you know, those roles, simplify, like make your strategy easy when you're building your brand. Don't spend, don't be that guy who spends too much time and too much money on business cards because nobody gives a shit. Last time anybody gave a shit about a business card was in American Psycho when they're exchanging business cards and they're freaking sweating. <laughs> That's the best scene in the history of cinema, bro. <laughs> this is what I mean about the energy being unrivaled. And I mean, there's been so many value bombs already dropped in this conversation that when you think about FCM, uh, Freelance Colorist Masterclass, it's it's just no surprise why it's as incredible of a community as what it is. And what I wanted to ask you about FCM was me myself being a member of FCM I know how important that community is and how beneficial it is to have that type of support system when you're in this industry and having accessibility to what feels like an exclusive movement while still being an investment that most people can make with with a little discipline did you ever imagine how big FCM would become so I mean I so here's the thing right like I am I definitely don't consider myself a narcissist, meaning if I'm going to do something, it's going to blow up. And especially when you take me back to that time when I haven't even figured out social media, right? Like we're talking, because I mean, Marvin, you remember, right? I mean, you're, you're the OG. So I mean, you remember the, I don't know when you started following me. Do you remember like how many followers I had on Instagram? 
I think when I first followed you, right, I think it was potentially around about the 130, 140, maybe 150. That, you know, so I mean, 150,000? That's a lot. Okay, yeah. that's a lot. So, I mean, you started following me then. I'm talking about like somebody like Gabi who started following me when I had like 8,000 followers or like 12,000 followers or something, right? So, like, what I'm saying is that, you know, I did not know where it's going to go, I had imagined that it is going to help not just this many people, but many more to come. And the the idea started from that. So the idea was very grandiose. And I feel like that's how it should be. I feel like too many people deflate their pitch, deflate their, you know, anything that they want to work on because they just go, oh, we're just starting out. So we don't know how far it's going to go. I think you have to think really big and then what happens is that your brain starts working and starts filling in those gaps and goes like you can do this here you can do that there right like like the weekly lives that i do right like the podcast um you know i never like my wife is like i just told my wife i'm like you know the process you want to know the process of my lives and she's like hit me i'm like on sunday i tell you hey we're gonna go live about something like whatever, I, I give her a topic. She she makes a post about it and we start a buzz on Sunday. On Wednesday morning, I usually wake up at 8.30 or eight o'clock. I hit the gym. My live is at 11 a.m. that day. I hit the gym. After the gym is done, I come out and at 10 o'clock or something, uh, my live is at 11. At 10 o'clock is when I sit in front of my computer and I start jotting down ideas that I want to talk about. And I just go like 15, 20 minutes. And it's like all itemized and it's just, it's fucking, it's a full on presentation. And then I come home and 11 o'clock, I just present a freaking banger. Like I just hit it hard, you know? And I'm like, some people will look at it and be like, dude, I can't do podcasts or I can't do this because I feel like that's going to be like week long process just to even come up with something like that. And what I'm saying is like, you know, when FCM happened, it was one of those things that I'm just like, I'm holding it all in, right? Like, I'm just like, dude, color grading is a weird journey because there is not a lot of answers. Like, I mean, our field as a filmmaker is hard enough, but color grading is like even more difficult because there is no correct path. If I go on YouTube and the way I learned, I'm self-taught and it, you're never sure. Are you doing it right? Are you doing it wrong? And there's always been that question, nagging question, right? Like this works for me. But is this the right way to do it? So the masterclass was about, I'm here. I'm going to give you what worked for me. I don't give up. I don't care about everybody else. What worked for me? I'm going to give you this. I'm going to make it unfiltered, right? You're going to just get like what has worked for me. And then I'm going to be on the other side to hold your hand if you need anything. So the, the idea was very, very basic. Like, you know, that was the idea. That's what I'm going to create. And one like requirement we're going to have is that we're going to keep it positive. This is going to be sort of like a family where even if there is a conflict in a family, we don't go, you know, F you, I'm walking out, we work it out. And this is going to be one of those families. And, and Marvin, if you're ever on the Facebook group, I mean, this is one of the most positive, like helpful community when it comes to filmmaking out there. I mean, you have to agree with one that. One million percent. You know? One million percent. I can't express how impactful this whole community has been on my own personal journey ever since I first took that FCM course. Um, the course itself that you have designed is super, super insightful and super easy to follow as well. And then 
that added bonus of having the Facebook community and being able to kind of develop friendships and networks and strategies and prospects and being able to tap into that side of the community and asking the questions of how do I do this or how do I get around this or what's the best type of monitor to buy or how do I calibrate it so I'm seeing accurate blacks and all of the little questions that you might have no matter how silly of a question you might think it is there's always someone there that's willing to help you get to the next stage which is the most important part that help element and it all stemmed from you which is an incredible incredible movement to be able to create create and this is why i say it's like that exclusive movement movement you have access to no dude like one one thousand percent and i feel like now when i look at it it's just such a living breathing thing uh the fcm community because I, I, now i just feel like i have thousands of employees that are doing this voluntarily <laughs> and i just love it because anytime that anyone that joins fcm now and they hit me up with an email and i just go i politely go what the hell are you doing emailing me like go on the facebook group <laughs> like you're gonna get your answer there so it's kind of funny that you gabby jake like brian like all these people uh daniela these were the ogs when i was 100 available and you guys asked a question and you got a, vo a voice message <laughs> and we are having this conversation back and forth i feel like uh, i want to go back to my roots a little bit more but it becomes more challenging because you just want to start making impact on a little bit bigger scale, you know, so you can reach more people and you can do all all these things. And uh, honestly, um, in full transparency, for the last couple of years that I've been building my personal brand, I kind of hit the brakes on the client work because I was. It, it takes a lot, you know, to build something that doesn't exist and uh, from scratch. And so it took a while. But this year, bro, like 2022, I hit it hard with my clients. So like I'm back at it, full on practitioner. I mean, even today we were late. I'm working on a gig. I got to turn it in at like 11 p.m. But like we were free, freaking going, I'm going full force and I'm loving every ounce of it. And I was just talking to my wife and I'm like, I don't have a single second in a day but it's just so much fun. Like I'm just jumping from a project to project and um, I'm going back to that, right? So like you, eventually you got to realize you want to do the things, uh, you know, that are going to help people, all that stuff. But at the, at the end of the day, you got to find something that's going to keep you going too because, you know, you staying in the positive mindset and exuding that like energy is also important, you know? Um, and, and that's why we're skipping on certain lives. Like, you know, I'm not going live every week. I sometimes now I'm going live like every other week, which consistency is sacred to me. I feel like the little bit of success that I've gotten in my life, uh, it came a lot from uh, being consistent because uh, I feel like, you know, you have to create systems and processes. You have to build like this sacred thing, like this dis discipline around you that I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm going to get these things done in a day. And once you do it day in and day out, um, I think it's very beneficial. And then it's really easy to like move on and take on more responsibilities because you just know you figured out the system, the system that is you like how to incorporate those things and then just keep moving forward. One million percent. And I don't think I could word it any better than that 
Look, I know we're kind of short for time and we've been speaking for a while. So what I want to kind of do now is just get into some really quick fire questions. But before I do that, what I do want to say is, so anyone who is interested in seeing Kazi in action, I highly suggest that you take a look at the YouTube tutorials that he has to kind of get a taste of what Kazi's day-to-day looks like and how he's working with these amazing clients and brands. And when you inevitably fall in love with quote-unquote, all of the jiggery-pokery. <laughs> I then suggest that you take a look at the FCM course and just get involved. Because if you are a creative and you're looking for a way in and you're highly interested in getting in the same route that Kazi did, FCM is the best starting point that you can just get into the industry. And I'm not just saying this to kind of plug a promo. Kazi's not paying me. This isn't a sponsored um, episode. This is coming from my own personal experiences and my own personal journey. But that being said, some quick fire. It's all good. I mean, look, quick fire questions. We briefly spoke about football and I want to know what is your favorite football team? And when I say football, I mean soccer football. Oh no, of course. I mean, that's, that's, that's the only way I take it. You know, my, my dad played, my dad played on a domestic level in his country. So it's like, you know, oh, that's wow. where the love for soccer came from. I mean, you know, so, um, we grew up watching soccer. Um, so yeah, when I came to the United States and they called their football, I was like, oh, I'm still pissed. I'm just like, why the hell do you call this football? Like, I mean, it, it, it's the most stupid thing. You are literally holding that ball like this you're cradling it with your hands and it's a freaking football like what's wrong with you guys um okay so here's the thing right like i'm not loyal to any brand i'm not loyal to any team which you might freaking hate coming from me Uh, so but at the same time uh, right now what i'm enjoying let's let's do this let's pick out like i'm gonna say this um right now who i'm really enjoying from premier league um has to be Gotta give me one second. Hold on. I'm, I'm just like really going through it. Crystal, Crystal Palace is putting out some fire. There's some good teams that are they doing are. really good right now. Um, I mean, West Ham are in fifth position. West Ham is absolutely that... destroying it, right? Like, okay, okay, okay. Process of elimination. Let me just say a few teams <laughs> that I'm not really enjoying this year. Uh, Manchester United has been a letdown for years. I don't know what the hell is going on. They're not doing that well. Um, uh, Liverpool, I'm not really loving Liverpool this year. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm just not. I'm not That's seeing the same thing that I've been seeing with them. Right. Like this year. Spark. Um. I don't know, bro. Like I just feel like I. I've been watching. I've been catching up with every single league, and there's mm-hmm. not a single team. Like you know what I'm really enjoying is um. Is AC Milan, like Syria. Okay. Like, they're doing really well, and they have some new talent, and then they're bringing in Giroud and Ibrahimovic, like, the oldies in the mix, and it's just, like, the brand new to, like, the old guys. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm liking what's happening there. Okay, what I'll say is, when we do a second uh, take of this interview sometime in the future when we're recording it as well, I'll come back and quiz you about the football stuff, and hopefully by then, I will have converted you into an Aston Villa fan. Oh. But for now, what we'll run with... for now what we'll run with is AC Milan and sticking on the football theme I wanted to ask um, have you ever been to any of the matches? so I I went and saw uh, who did they play it was Tottenham Spurs it was Spurs playing uh, PSG by us which was epic so they do like these they do these friendlies right 
um, and they'll mm-hmm. bring on like heavy hitters. It would be Bayern playing like, you know, some big team, Real or whatever, and they'll yep. come out here. Um, but and, and it's right by my house. It's about 30 minutes. So we went to saw, oh, wow. saw the game and uh, uh, PSG. So so um, what's his name? Uh Lucas Mora was Neymar? playing. Okay. Luca, Lucas Mora was playing for PSG back then, and PSG scored five goals, and he scored a hat trick in that game. It oh, was, me. Dude, dude, like, it was unreal. And like, my wife was going crazy. I took my buddy Albert, and like, he's into soccer like full on. And dude, it was a blast. And it's one of the best stadiums too. Like where there is no bad seat in the house. It's like we're just right there. We we were like standing right here, and like this is where the game is happening. So it was it was a blast. Um, honestly, what we want to do as brothers, like me and my brothers, we want to go and catch the quarterfinals to the finals um, for the World Cup that's happening. Uh, it's happening in Qatar, right? Yeah, I believe so. And that kind of was taking me on to the, the next question, which is if there is one match that you could kind of go and watch or had the opportunity to watch, what would it be? So I'm guessing is, is would that be your answer to that? That would be my answer to that as of now. That's what we're planning to do. We're literally just debating to like go for like quarterfinals to the final. I mean, it's going to be super expensive, but I feel like it would be one of those experiences that you take to your grave, you know, and especially when you experience it with people that care about, which is like my older brother and I geek out on soccer. We talk about football like all day, every day. We're catching up on every game. So like we're we're all about it. We play FIFA together. You know, I'm right here. Like my wife will come in and choose <laughs> Be, she thinks I'm a psycho, you know, when I'm playing my games because I'm like just screaming, like you know, what the fuck, like what's going on, like all that. It's just, she's like, people need to see that side of the cause, man. I'm like, no, nobody yeah, needs to do, see. Man. Nobody needs no, to they see. Do. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Look, memories are invaluable, and I would definitely suggest going if you have the opportunity to do so, and then come to the UK as well, and we can definitely go to a couple of stadiums here and watch some football games. I know you. That would very be strapped for time when it comes to that. That would, but be it would be amazing yeah it would be right final couple of questions i want to know who your favorite cinematographer is so i mean that's gonna be i feel like uh you know the the most obvious answer and that's because i've met roger deakins once in my life and the only reason why nobody sees that picture is because that's the worst picture of me (laughs) ever (laughs) it was taken it was taken with the first iphone that was back in 20 oh wow 2010 so I had just moved to uh, the uh, to California, and there was an open house event in LA with cinematographers, and I just went there, and Roger Deakins was there, and I was like, whoa, and I just walked up to him, and I had just seen No Country for Old Men, and I was hooked on it. I was like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. So I went there, and he's just standing there, and I told him about like certain scenes in No Country for Old Men, and I'm like, how the hell did you like this? Like That was insane. And then his answer was even more grandiose than my question like you know his answer was just like i don't even know like freaking 24 18ks like you know from the other side of the hill like hitting the freaking sky and creating that like you know bloom and i'm like it's just blowing my mind how you do anything that you do and then i handed the camera to somebody and had him take my picture with him and he was like the most humble he's like a scientist he's just like he doesn't know like who like he doesn't care about like i'm roger deacons like he's just like gets so excited he's like listening to my question like this and then he gets excited like explaining (laughs) to me like you know how he did it and i'm like that was so inspiring right because you're looking at 
the ultimate, you know, like the freaking that there is no level, you know, topping that. And you're like, if that guy is just so humble and nice, like, mm-hmm. okay, there, there is a bright light on the other side. You know, I, I want to be like that when, when I grow up, you know, pretty much. Uh, so in terms of cinematographers, for that reason, because I had a one-on-one, I would say that. And I also want to mention one more thing. I genuinely am a huge fan of uh, Lawrence Schur. Um, I feel like okay. I feel like Lawrence Schur. I met him in person, and and I've talked to him. You know, we did a live with uh, Larry sure, as live, well. Yeah. And what I want to say is that um, I've never met a more down to earth, humble human being who just acts like, huh? I I I did. Uh, <laughs> you know, you he, you go, dude, you killed it you know on joker and he's like oh yeah that, that's right i yeah i was the cinematographer on joker <laughs> like dude he is like holy shit like i mean when he came over here in the morning when we were working on the drake video and like my wife is like you know g- getting ready to work out or something she's downstairs and just larry comes in and my wife is like with the cereal like just looking at him going <laughs> that's that's lauren sure in my house and and larry just goes oh i apologize like i'm so sorry this is like super early in the morning blah blah she's like no not at all and he's like so chill um so he's an amazing human being, but more importantly, I feel like his work hits the spot for me because he's so over the top, right? So when you think about his movies, like whether the Hangover movies or or Joker, or now he's working on Black Adam and, uh, you know, he did Jungle Cruise. So the variety that is in his work, the looks that he's creating and, and he did War Dogs and like how much he pushes everything. Dude, I love it. And just having a session with him, I tell people, I'm like, that felt like I just got a $20,000 masterclass and then I got paid for it. Just being in a session with him because he's just like it's a different way how they look at it right because he is a cinematographer so when i'm like manipulating these images i'm doing all this his direction is just completely different he's just like oh no 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 like like leave it imperfect like just just leave it like that he's like let it breathe in that space like he's like that's how it looked like and i want the camera to just react to like these colors the way it did we can just work on this we can you know we can paint this frame a little bit but like leave the rest be like you know not so perfect and you're just like huh okay that's like really interesting and then you see the final product and you go holy shit like this looks amazing and you're like wow that's a crazy experience and i just feel like he's a genuine human being i absolutely love the way he shoots it when i say joker is one of the best films that i watch not from the story perspective but i feel like the way it's shot because it's so over the top yet it truly enhances the storytelling uh to the max so yeah lawrence sure has got to be up there for me too so I mean you've well look just coming back to that that sounds like a fucking incredible experience in itself and it just goes to show how far your hard work can actually take you and what moments kind of lie ahead if you just kind of just keep persevering with it stay humble keep the right attitude and I can only imagine what that would have felt like in person that fucking somebody wake me up moment so I'm I'm super proud and super happy for you my brother and look I know you very quickly touched on the best movies. Instead of asking you what your favorite movies are, which is what I was going to ask, like your top three, I want you to give the audience three movies that they should watch based on color. Three movies that they should watch um, based on color. I would say, based if based on color, then I will say um, 
it's going to be the generic answers, but it has to be the new Blade Runner, just because once again, um, the whole movie is like where you want to bring it in resolve and you want to start taking these frames because it's just so out there that you're like, that would be really fun because because you don't create palettes you know, when you're in front of the freaking wheels, like, you know, you, when you're in front of the screen, you don't just create that on your own. It, it It's sort of like a painting. It's like, you know, just painted images. That's what Blade Runner is. So I would highly recommend people watch that. I will also uh, recommend people watching um, uh, Mad Max for that reason, because I feel like we are not over it yet. I don't think we're, we're at a place where Mad Max is not cool anymore. I feel like it's still very good, like the most pushed look um, that people strive for. I constantly have clients asking for it. Um, I'm also going to say, once again, I'm going to go back to saying Joker because I feel like, so, so here's the thing, right? Like what I'm saying is like, you got your Mad Max, which is mostly exteriors, and it kind of gives you the permission to create those push looks for exteriors. Then you look at Joker, which is the new teal and orange. So you look at Joker, and because teal and orange is not going anywhere since our skin is orange, and then we got this teal, so there is always going to be variations of that teal and orange. This is a good palette to follow. Blade Runner would be if you want to create something really out there, watch that but then movies that do a good job with like sort of monotone um uh, theme i would say dune is really good for that because there is like this just we're on a different world different planet here's the this is what it looks like from our perspective so that's a good movie it's i, I know it's more than three but i'm kind of getting carried away so give me another minute like i also want to say uh the movie rush um ron Howard. okay Rush, I feel like, oh my God, if you just go on shotdeck.com, you know, uh, I'm kind of going back and forth, but I do want to bring one more thing uh, when you talked about um, my favorite cinematographers. And I feel like literally like editor's note, when you're putting it together, maybe you can move this question back next to Larry. But one thing that I would say is another reason why I respect and love him so much is that for him to create a platform like Shot Deck for um, inspiring artists for already doing big projects, you know, uh, artists like he created shot deck. When I talked to him one-on-one, -on -one, his whole idea was that, you know, this is the database. This was the tool that I didn't have when I was coming up with, you know, like new movies, like how am I going to shoot it and all that stuff. And he's like, I just wanted to create something, um, that, new newcomers or anybody like it could be roger deacons you just go on shotdeck.com you get inspired you put together a deck and then you pitch it and you move forward and uh, and the research that goes into it and how meticulous he is and how passionate he is about that project gets me very excited because i'm always inspired by people that are killing it at one vertical but they are also passionate about something else that they want to make something big about and it's sort of like they're Hey, if cinematography, if I like finish, you know, being a cinematographer, I'm going to move into this and I'm going to go 100% here. I always love people thinking like that. Um, so going back to the movies, Rush is another amazing one because I've never seen, uh, you know, especially their race scenes, like, you know, when they're about to like go and especially the first scene. Like if you don't want to watch the whole movie and you don't want to watch movies about like race cars and stuff like that. Watch the first minute, five minutes of that movie and the colors are just stunning. Like it just, it will give you permission to push it because 
at the top of the top, like of the food chain, they're doing it and they're getting away with it, meaning we can do it too. I think that's enough movie recommendations to keep people content until the next time we actually link up. Look, Kazi, I know we've gone over the 40 minute mark by a fucking incredible amount, but I am so grateful that you were able to come have this conversation with me and grace me with a bit of your time. I don't really want to hold you too much longer because I know you do have some client work that you need to get back to, but I'm sure that this episode will inspire numerous more people just the same way you inspired me the first time i actually came across you thank you so much my friend for just joining me and having this conversation it has been an absolute pleasure brother i'm humbled i'm, I'm truly humbled and uh i'm also a little jealous because it doesn't say episode one in the beginning you said episode two so <laughs> i'm jealous of the person that was in your episode one but you know i'll, I'll take it I'll, I'll yell at i'll yell at you uh, through a dm not here um, but love you bro like seriously and and i'm not kidding when i say this if i ever come out uh, to england and that's going to happen you know i'm going to be hitting you up and uh um, I'm truly blessed that uh, that's why I'm so thankful for social media, because my association with social media is for it to give me people such as yourself, uh, passionate, humble, down to earth, you know, go getters. Um, and, and it's just it's a truly a gift like that. Now I have a friend, a brother uh, in a place where I can't make a friend or a brother physically because I don't live there. You know, so I I got that opportunity through social media. So like, you know, I'm humbled to know you and I'm excited to have this interview uh, take place because I feel like there were so many fun conversations. And bro, I know, I know the 40 minute mark. I just kept looking at the time and I kept laughing because I'm like, this is what it is, man. Like when you and I get into it, that's why that's why our show didn't work out because it was going to be like two hour long episodes, which I don't even think it's a bad thing, but it is what it is. All right, brother. Thank you so much, my brother. I'm honestly humbled by them words and I can't wait to speak to you again. Thank you for joining me, Kazi. Until next time, peace. And this has been the Decent People Podcast.